Hello, this is Dan Jones, another quiet talk from my study. I hope it'll be a blessing to you today. You know, a word that you hear a lot nowadays is the word power. Of course, it's commonly heard in discussions of politics, but it's used in other contexts as well. A certain football team is called a power in their conference. Even movie stars are said to have star power. Everybody wants power. People want power over their own lives and destinies and often feel powerless. Today, let's talk about this word in the context of Scripture. The New Testament sometimes uses this word in the plural, the powers. We talk about the powers that be, meaning whoever is in charge in a certain place. In Ephesians 6, Paul talks about our spiritual conflict as followers of Jesus now, last week, I talked to you about this confrontation that is part of our experience and the general hardship associated with living in this fallen world before the coming, the second coming of Jesus, to put things right. But in this classic spiritual warfare passage, Paul refers to principalities, powers, rulers in this present world, or as he puts it, this present darkness. We are seeing more and more as these days go by that indeed the world is presently in a state of deep spiritual darkness. There are powers at work that are against the will and purposes of God, powers that are in reality enemies of the human race, although very few humans have any idea even about their existence. Now, the Greek word in the Bible for power is exousia. To cut to the chase, this word simply means the one possessing it gets to call the shots. If you have exousia, you're the boss. You're in charge. Now you may be asking, what exactly are these powers that Paul talks about? And how do they call the shots? Well, the fact is, between God, our Creator, and us humans, there is a vast host of spiritual beings that influence what happens in this world. We sometimes call them angels, especially when they're influencing the world for good. The Bible mentions them frequently. According to Job 38, when God created the world, the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Morning stars and sons of God are references to angels. After the temptation of Jesus in the desert by Satan was finished, and it was a grueling time for him, the Bible tells us that angels came and ministered to him. But they not only ministered to Jesus, but Hebrews 1 tells us that angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are the heirs of salvation. That would be you and me. But apparently, some of the angels have rebelled against God. There's not as much detail about all of this as I would like, but I think God has told us enough. Revelation 12 tells us that there was war in heaven and that the archangel Michael fought against Satan and his angels. Fortunately, Michael won. But that battle didn't annihilate Satan and his angels. They were just kicked out of heaven. You already know where they are now. Yes, right here on earth.
And before I go on, let's remember we're talking about, while we're talking about power, another very famous verse that contains the words of Jesus Christ just before he ascended back to his Father in heaven. He said, all power, exousia, is given to me in heaven and earth. So in effect, even Satan and his demons are under the power of Jesus. But it doesn't look like it usually. There's a reason for that. While Jesus won the victory over Satan on the cross, that victory is put into effect over time. That's what our job is as disciples of Jesus. Right after he said that all power had been given to him, he told us to go forth and make disciples of all nations. Implicit in that disciple-making is freeing people from the powers, from the influence of the devil. And that is where we can qualify this word power as it is used in connection with the power of evil. Satan's power is not absolute. In reality, he has as much power over you as you yourself give him. Of course, few people understand that principle and so account for their wrong actions by blaming society or their parents or whatever. Ultimately, the blame for the evil that we see every day lies with Satan and his wicked influence. Here is where we need the wisdom of God to be victorious in this cosmic warfare that we are caught in. As I said, Christ won the victory at Calvary, but not everybody is enjoying that victory. Why? First of all, you must believe that Christ won the victory. John says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. An old song I grew up singing is called, Faith is the Victory. You must believe. And then if you believe that Jesus is Lord of all and He has won this victory, you must surrender to His Lordship. You must acknowledge Him as your sovereign and your master. This is not bondage. But surrendering to Christ brings the greatest freedom a human being can experience. And that experience is a day-by-day, -day, even a moment-by-moment -moment thing. Let's look back at what we mentioned a little earlier about the temptation of Jesus just before he began his earthly ministry. How did he overcome Satan? He overcame by using the Word of God as an offensive weapon. When Satan tempted him, he replied, it is written. He used God's written word to counter the lies and deception of the enemy. And my friend, if Jesus Christ had to do that, then where do you think that leaves us? We must certainly do the same. We must daily graft the word of God into our souls, as it says in James 1.21. God's Word must become part of our thoughts. Indeed, it must come to dominate and control our thoughts because the fight begins in the mind. We don't do sinful actions until we have first agreed to them in our minds. Fill your mind with God's Word. Live it. Eat it. Make it a permanent part of you.
in that passage from Ephesians about the principalities and powers. Paul lists some of our weapons. I won't read them off here, but would encourage you to study and meditate on that passage, beginning at Ephesians 6.10. I will just say that the first five weapons he lists are defensive in nature. We need them. But then he mentions the Word of God, as we've said, and tells us that the Word is the sword of the Spirit. That's an offensive weapon. It is the sword of the Spirit because the Spirit inspired the Word in the first place, and then he helps us to deploy the Word when we are in life's conflicts. But that's not all. After he mentions the Word of God, Paul says that we must pray at all times with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Prayer is also an offensive weapon against the temptations brought by the devil. A supplication, by the way, is an entreaty. It is begging God for help in time of need. Sometimes you need to literally cry out to God as you would cry out for help if you were drowning. That is just a brief outline of how we struggle against the powers, the powers of darkness. Darkness and light are constantly at war. The war most often rages within us. For some people, light is winning. For some, it seems the darkness has won decisively, although we should never give up on anybody, but should pray for everybody. There are evil people in this world who have earthly power. They use it to hurt. They use it for selfish purposes. People who have power can use it for good, but too often it seems they don't. Let me leave you with a verse from the Old Testament to encourage you about this. At times when you may look at the world and think there's no hope. This verse is from the second psalm. The psalmist writes there, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. My friend, when you see the powerful strutting about and making claims about what they can do, just remember that there is one to whom all power has been given. Those evil people who are abusing power will not do so forever. One day the King of Kings will come, and with his power granted him by the Father, he will put down all earthly rule and authority, and indeed will vanquish even those spiritual powers that we've talked about. In the meantime, take heart. Believe all that God's word has promised, and go forth in power and victory to do exploits for the kingdom. Father, I pray for those who have been listening to this message, Lord God, that that you would help them to surrender fully to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to engraft your word into their souls, that they might use it 
as a sword to go against the, the attacks of Satan and use that weapon of prayer and supplication in this battle. Lord, give us strength today. Increase our faith, Lord God, and help us to live from a vantage point of victory in Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would like to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. F-A-T-H-E-R dot D-A-N-J-O-N-E-S at outlook.com. God bless you.